there, you are listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today I am speaking with Rita Hoffman, co-owner at Converse All Steel Services in Canfield, Ohio. The company was established by Roger and Rose Converse in 1986 as a steel warehousing and shot blasting facility. In 2014, Rita and her brother Ross took ownership of the company that now produces custom steel parts for heavy manufacturing and construction industries. In addition to overseeing daily operations at Converse, Rita also is part owner of CC Metal Design, which produces custom metal art direct to the consumer. She graduated with a bachelor's degree in philosophy with a double minor in math and business from Mount Union College. Rita, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Would you tell us more about Converse All Steel Services and the firm's diversification of offerings uh, to flame cutting, plasma cutting, shearing, and milling? Sure. When my parents started the company, um, you know, they started with just the very small duties of warehousing other people's material, um, keeping it in stock and pulling plates as needed and shipping it back out to the customer. And that kind of just naturally led to cutting some of the customer's plates to specific sizes before it left the warehouse um, using either the shear or the flame table. And then as technology advanced and they got computer systems that were able to handle complicated drawings, they were able to cut actual shapes from the metal and then it just kind of blew up from there. And uh, these days, uh, you know, who do you primarily serve as far as uh, industries? Our, our top customer, which is a little more than a third of what we do, builds the infrastructure for large uh, construction buildings. So hospitals, casinos, um, Amazon warehouses, airports, uh, major, major building projects. They, they put together all of the skeletons of the buildings and then they ship those out to the construction sites and somebody else will erect them and turn them into the finished buildings. Um, but we have a couple of other close second, third and fourth customers that mostly service the steel mills with heavy lifting devices and rail cars and equipment that go into the manufacturing of the actual steel plates that we use. And once your brother and you took ownership in 2014, um, did you make any innovations or changes uh, after taking uh, on the ownership of the company? Well, yes, a little bit. Um, Right after they retired, we did just a little bit of expansion of what we already do. We are just, you know, trying to keep up with demand. And so we put in an extra plasma burning machine um, just to keep up with the parts that the customers were requiring. Um, But since then, uh, Ross is more like our research and development side of the business. I'm more the let's not spend too much money and be a little more conservative part of the company. But um, we have in the in the last few years, we've put in a heavy rolling machine um, specifically for one customer that requires rolled and welded rings for magnets that they assemble. And um, we were falling behind on deliveries with relying on third-party vendors to do that service for us. And so we purchased the machine and are taking over that aspect of the manufacturing. And then we also purchased a brake press recently. So we're working on learning that process, um, which is another big 
service that we send out to other vendors to provide for our customers, um, you know, taking control of that aspect, we get to service them better by giving them parts that are on time and accurate. Oh, that's great. And then when was CC Metal Design launched? We started that in 2014 also, just when we took over. Um, It's something that my parents had thrown around the idea of doing a little more creative side of the metalwork and using drops that we had left over from material from the manufacturing side, but it never really took off until um, after they had retired and we kind of came came up with the system for it, I guess. Um, my hus- My brother's wife, Gabrielle, she kind of did all the paperwork to start the company and did some legwork and started the website. And um, we all have our part in doing the drawings and processing the materials and finishing the artwork. Um, it just was something fun to do <laughs> in addition to, you know, making a little bit of money on the side out of a different aspect of what we do here. Well, I went to the website uh, and well, the Etsy page and it, I was really impressed with the quality of the work. Well, thank you. Yeah, we do some really cool stuff. Um, You know, we had a lot of fun learning all the different patinas that you can use to give the different finishes. And, you know, we bought a a blasting machine so that we can paint. And, you know, we had a lot of trial and error with the best way to finish the parts so that they hold up over time, you know, making sure that the quality is good. So, you know, we're kind of limited on size of cutouts and whatnot because we don't have a laser, so we can't do super small, precise cutouts. But you know, we kind of found a niche for our capabilities that, you know, we can still make something that people are proud to show off. That's great. Uh, let's let's shift to your career. Uh, you started <laughs> working at Converse as a child. Did you want to be employed in manufacturing before your parents offered you the opportunity to purchase the company? No, I really, I really didn't. Um, as a matter of fact, I think that Ross was maybe the only sibling of mine. There's five of us total that really had ever wanted to be a part of the company. And he ended up going off and doing his own thing when he graduated also. But just seeing my parents working so hard and spending all of their time getting the company on its feet and the stresses that they went through, you know, looking at that as a child thinking, I don't want to do that. (laughs) That's too hard and, and too much, you know, but I always wanted to, my dream was to own a coffee shop, start a little coffee shop in a city and hang out with cool people and drink coffee all day, (laughs) which, you know, isn't very realistic. And, you know, as I grew older and spent some time, you know, in the actual workforce, uh, your priorities change. You know, you think about settling down and being close to family and all of those things. And when I guess they just kind of gave me the offer at the exact time that I was receptive to it. And I'm glad that I did because I really do enjoy enjoy this work quite a bit. And the positive is you can still drink coffee. Yes. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did your academic studies, which uh, I have to say philosophy is an unusual foundation for manufacturing, uh, how did that prepare you for owning the company? Well, I don't know if it did or not. <laughs> I think it just gives me, I mean, just in general, it just gives me a different perspective you know, philosophy is all about looking at all the different sides of things and asking questions that have no answers. Um, but I, I feel like my education just, it was broad. 
you know, I got a liberal arts education. It's well-rounded and I have experience in a lot of different things and a lot of different subjects and all of that applies to real life and to real world job skills. So, you know, communicating with people and the accounting side of things and the art side of things and the math side of things, all of that kind of comes together for what I do today. What a, what advice would you give women who may be uncertain about a career in manufacturing? I mean, I, I would think based on your background that uh, you see an opportunity for um, for women in diverse fields to join in and, and have a career. Absolutely. I don't think that you need to have any, unless you're engineering, which in that case, you have to have a, a specified education, but just in manufacturing and in any type of management or any type of field, if you know what you're doing and you work hard, you will do well. I think that that rings true more today than it ever did in the past because the job fields are open right now to anybody who's willing to come to work and put in the time and make an effort to to do well. There's, you know, there seems to be a shortage of that in the in the market these days, looking for employees and trying to find people and it really is a valuable thing. Um, you know, I pretty much everybody who works for me in my office has zero manufacturing experience and they get trained on the job. And as long as they're putting their best foot forward, they succeed. Do you see yourself as a, as a role model for other women? Whew. <laughs> um, I think that there are a few women that I know personally who respect what I do, but I don't, I mean, I don't really see myself that way, but that's, that's a tough question. <laughs> it is a tough question. That was unfair, almost unfair maybe of me to ask. Kids, that's okay. But maybe for kids, you know, looking at, at what you could do with your life, if they see me, they can think, you know, yes, I can be a mom and I can be a wife and I can have a house and take care of the yard and take care of the dogs and actually go to work and have a fulfilling career. And you can do all of those things. Um, sometimes it's a little bit stressful and sometimes you have no idea what's going on and you have 500 sticky notes helping you remember all of the things that you need to do. But if you have support with your family and your husband or spouse or whoever, um, and you take some time to breathe every once in a while, anything's possible. Well, based on your experience and, and what you've learned um, throughout uh, your time at Converse, uh, what do you think is needed in order for women to thrive in this field? Um, just being smart. I mean, you don't have to, intelligence is not based on gender and hard work is not based on gender. So I think that for any person to you know, take advantage of education when you have it, you know, learn everything you can and, you know, master it. And once you, once you have that background, you can take that and apply it to anything and be successful. And my last question is what is next for Converse? Oh, depends on who you ask. <laughs> we have, um, we have been very successful and that, makes it easy to look towards the future and, and trying to grow in new directions. And, you know, there's all kinds of things that our customers need that we could see ourselves doing as far as, you know, bigger, better, faster, stronger, you know, our, our biggest limitation right now is our actual physical space. 
So, you know, we would be looking to find a location close by where we could either buy another building or build another building for more inventory, for a laser machine, for you know, long bending machines, um, getting more trucks, expanding our fleet. You know, there's, you know, the kind of the sky's the limit right now in manufacturing. Um, and we just hope to catch that wave before it crashes out. I have a feeling it's not going to crash. Well, I hope not. <laughs> we've been through a lot of recessions and we've and we've made it through. But, um, you know, when you're expanding, that's usually the worst time for a recession because you lose the income that you need to pay back all the money you borrowed. <laughs> well, that makes sense. I will keep my fingers crossed. Thank you so much, Rita, for coming on the show. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very, very much.